Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Laura. I'm David. This week on the podcast, we have Jessica Texador, Director of Programs at American Eagle Productions. American Eagle Productions has blazed the trail for youth and educational theater in the Chicagoland area, bringing the performing arts to over 300 schools and groups a year for the past 28 years. Their programming builds confidence, fosters empathy, and encourages collaboration as well as provides a safe space for children to express themselves. Welcome, Jessica. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Thank you. It's a beautiful Chicago day. I'm happy to be with you. Well, why don't um, you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and about your background? Okay, great. So um, I'm Jessica Texador, and I work in arts education, specifically musical theater. Um, I started in theater as a performer. Um, I was a classically trained dancer and then went into musical theater post-college, and I performed around the country in various uh, venues, and then started choreographing um, and and directing, and then that led to producing later. And it's really uh, been great for me because I've been able to accommodate my personal life with the changes in what I'm doing professionally. For example, I don't travel as much anymore since I'm now a mother, and that makes it easier for me. So that's that's it in a nutshell. So you currently work as the director of programs for American Eagle Productions. Um, yes. Can you tell us more about that and how it got started? Yes, so American Eagle has been in business for 28 years. And I've been with them in a multiple uh, capacities for about the last 20 years. Um, I started with them as a performer. And the original thought was to bring the page to the stage. So we have original adaptations of classic literature. And uh, that was where it started that and then we also do a production of 1776 and Diary of Anne Frank that are um, the only non-original adaptations we do and those were mostly assembly programs that went into schools and that uh, we were performing over 300 performances a year all over the Chicagoland area and that was great and going strong until 9-11 when the rules sort of changed for whether or not people could go in and out of schools and uh, schools stopped and started taking field trips. They changed the rules on that a little bit. And so then we started to shift a bit into more programming, all still focused on arts education, but with some workshops and going into the different schools and producing for children instead of just presentational for children. And then with COVID, we saw the opportunity to shift yet again and really focus on our education department and really try to boost that um, in hopes that when we come out of this, people will be ready to get in this in the room with other people and um have fun and create and we've also branched out into the virtual world of having classes and that 
um, has been really exciting for us. Uh, we've been able to have students from all over the country instead of just the people that live down the street. And so that it, it's um, tricky because virtual programming was not what we set out to do. Um, but it's exciting that we've been able to incorporate it uh, now that the need is there. What has the response been like for those virtual programs? Um, do you, what, what kind of offerings did you have? What, what grades service, you know? So uh, last summer we did some um, virtual camps that were a couple hours a day uh, with different instructors that could focus on different mediums like, uh, or d different disciplines, focus on singing, acting and dancing an hour at a time. And then um, once school started, we have uh, virtual classes that meet once a week for an hour. And those we've divided by age somewhat. Um, and they have different themes, um, Frozen being a very popular theme. And uh, the kids, take those themes and create their own script. So we don't do like the Disney story of Frozen, but we talk about those characters and talk about the plot development in the show and then create it for ourselves. Like if everybody in the room wants to be Elsa, then everybody can be Elsa. And we find a way to, for that to work and they have a lot of ownership in the story that they're telling. And it's been it's been pretty neat. It's been quite successful. The the teaching artists have found ways to incorporate different fun ideas that can happen in everyone's own living room or bedroom or wherever they happen to be joining the class that really bring the group together and have a cohesive product at the end. And everybody is having a blast doing that. So we feel lucky to keep kids moving, but also hopeful that we'll be in the room with them more regularly soon. I want to be Elsa too. <laughs> yes, well, we have room for that too, by all means. <laughs> um, I want to touch on something that uh, hits me personally. Uh, on your website, it says, our program builds confidence, fosters empathy, and encourages collaborations as well as providing safe space for children to express themselves. Um, this is a really meaningful statement. and. For me, it's because uh, growing up, I took theater camp uh, in my seven to ten-year-old life, and it helped me build confidence to talk to people because I was extremely shy kid, um, and it, it really helped me learn how to bond with other uh, kids, but also with adults. Um, what are some of the ways that you and your company achieve um, this kind of um, character building? Definitely. So that is super important to us that we um, have that the kids come leave us feeling strong and confident and ready to face the world as much as a four year old can feel that way. Um, and there are a couple different things we do. It's super important to us that we lead by example and that we are in the room present with the kids, with the students, and that they have a voice and that they have a chance to, to be heard. Um, that's one thing that we do. And we also make sure that we 
talk about the things that they want to talk about and allow them to express themselves and then give the other kids a chance to react to that and, and encourage dialogue between them at their level. And another thing that's really important about um, all those, those bullet points you just brought up is uh, choosing material that uh, encourages discussion about the, the importance of, of equality and tolerance and um, diversity. And for example, we have um, our two-week American Eagle Youth production this summer will be Charlotte's Web. And Charlotte's Web was written in 1952 and still, there are so many themes that resonate today. Like there's the, at one point, they, the barnyard animals question whether or not they should play with one another. You know, if you're a sheep and you're valued for your wool, should you play with a piglet who is valued for their pork? <laughs> And, and they should play together, and they do play together, and they talk about it, that they have lots in common, even though they're very different on the outside. And I think that that, you know, really illustrates what we all need to see in one another every day. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so much easier sometimes to, um, to receive that messaging through, you know, through a play, through a song through um, other than kind of being, you know, lectured about it. Um, so, you know, what, what has been your, I mean, I don't know, what's gonna topple Frozen? That's what I wanna know is like, when's, what's the next big thing? Sort of like, what will be the next big thing that kids want to want to perform, you know, excited for what's next that will come out of the movie industry um, that will inspire plays. Um, but like, what has been your favorite children's production? My favorite. That's hard. Um, if I'm just considering uh, the American Eagle adaptations, I love James and the Giant Peach. I, I like all the um, the productions that we're able to do that are not necessarily people as characters, because you really have a safety there to be a caterpillar or to be a goose or to, and, and it's, you can express things that maybe as a student, you're a little timid about, and it gives you, uh, I don't want to say a shield because that's like behind something. It's more open than that. It's, it gives you an outlet, I guess, uh, to be something else and yet hold your ideas in that character. So it really gives you freedom of your voice, I think. So you've taken on, you know, many, many different roles you know, as a, you know, performer, producer. What has been kind of your favorite and can you kind of walk us through the differences of those roles for, for maybe people that don't have ideas? Sure. So my um, progression the different roles has definitely come with experience and age uh, and the sort of like graduating through the the roles um, to be a good producer I think you of course there are excellent producers who come 
edit from a young age and have the ideas. But for me, I needed the experience of seeing as a performer what I needed from a producer and as a choreographer what I needed from a producer. And that has helped me to produce, to, to be available to those uh, people on the staff that need something from me. I can, I can see what it is and I can understand um, why you need to tape your shoes because I remember that you have to have a particular thing, you know, what, or do you need bobby pins to hold your pig head on that are different than the other ones because it's different for everybody, but you don't know that until you do it. And so sometimes having been there in the dressing room gives me uh, a little insight to prepare as a producer that I have those tools available. I don't know that that might be a little bit simplified or complicated, uh, but just going through the, the, the development of my career, um, I've learned each step to bring something from before into the present. And, you know, with your, you know, with your, your former days of, of touring um, across the country in a number of productions, do you have one that, fav that stands out as your favorite? Do you have a favorite place to visit um, or a location that you've enjoyed the most? Um, well, each place has its different appeal. Um, I worked in Alaska for Princess Cruise Lines at one of their resorts, so I wasn't touring on the cruise ship. I was land-based, and I loved it. It's like no other place in the world I've ever seen. Um, and it really ground, grounds you, like, in a sense. I, when I got there, the cast before us had left us a letter in the dressing room saying that you don't go into the park, the park goes into you. And it really was, you know, resonated then once I finished my time there. It really was true about just the environment was so vast and so beautiful and the variety of people. It's just, it was really an exciting experience. So as far as location and travel, that was probably the most unusual and then to say a favorite production, I um, I choreographed a, and performed in a production of Zorba, which is an old traditional musical, uh, with a producer that I just loved his partnership um, in Indiana at the Round Barn Theater, which is not functioning right now, but hopefully will come back to life. Um, and it was just, again, the, the freedom of expression and the collaboration of ideas. When you have a great team, it makes all the difference. Absolutely, and you touched on a good point that we have, you know, we have in here, um, theater coming back to life. Obviously, COVID has wiped out, um, you, know, a, a, you know, a lot of theaters had to go dark and not do productions and weren't able to kind of shift to anything virtual. How, how do you see back up and what do you anticipate I'm always curious when I talk to other creative people um, you know what's going to come out of of the pandemic in terms of creativity and what you know what will what all the people that have been all the creatives that have been sort of forced to hibernate at this time like what's going to unleash like that's, that's exciting kind of well uh, it's a little scary because of the unknown 
but I am optimistic and hopeful. Uh, I think that there's a real opportunity for renaissance right now um, because of the halt to everything a year ago and the fact that people had to stay home and find their own ways of, of dealing with things, their own ways to have creative outlets. And I think that will play into how we emerge. Uh, I really hope so. And I do think that um, people, the audience is ready to come back and that they will be supportive and the technology that is out there for moving forward with, you know, uh, like sanitizing and, and preparing the room to have an audience, the technology for cleaning and, and being ready to welcome people into the space is amazing. It's so, I, I just think it's really great. I also think that it's a little scary for some of the smaller venues because those systems are expensive. But everybody will figure it out, and hopefully, the audience will will be there, ready to go. I think they will be. I think people are excited to to get out in the world. Absolutely, I certainly will go to live theater. I cannot. Yes. I we usually make an annual trip to to go see some Broadway show or off Broadway show, and I just I'm like desperate to go back and re-experience that. So. Yes. Well, don't forget, you don't have to go to New York. You can do it right here in Chicago. <laughs> yes, and you can do it. Like, why don't you tell us a little bit more about the Chicago theater scene and like, um, um, and all of that, so that because people don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I have a fondness for being able to make that annual trip, but of course, I visit all of the the local Chicago theaters. Well, you know, Chicago is rich with so much diverse theater. There are a lot of young playwrights working in the, what is referred to as the off-loop theater um, district and the Belmont Theater District. A lot of new works going on. There are also the traditional houses that have Broadway in Chicago, the touring companies coming through, and I think those will be uh, going full, full force hopefully in the next six months or so. Um, and then the, the local uh, comedy scene is always great. Improv Chicago is known for so much good work. I love how many new works opportunities there are here in the city. And then it's, of course, it, it's great to see some of the more traditional houses that uh, produce big book shows uh, that everybody loves an old classic. I'm not sure how it's what the development will be. You know, I don't know which is, will come back first. I sometimes think, well, the new works are usually produced in smaller houses, and those are more likely to open for a smaller audience more quickly than the big giant houses because of number limits coming out of the pandemic. It'll it'll be interesting to see it unfold but I am optimistic. Absolutely. And you touched on a little bit about the summer program. Want to kind of expand on a little bit more what we'll be doing this summer for summer camp and how people can um, access those summer camps? Yes, great. So we uh, run 
three different kinds of programs. Well, actually four with our virtual. So we will have virtual offerings this summer. Um, and then we have three different in-person options. We have half-day camps for younger kids that are four to seven. And we have full-day camps that are for seven to 13. And then we also are doing a two-week American Eagle Youth production. And like I said, that will be Charlotte's Web. It's an original musical adaptation that will be fully staged with costumes, sets, lights, choreography, uh, the whole shebang. The one-week camps are, uh, they all have a theme, and then the teaching artist guides the campers through developing characters, and they write their own script, and they also include music and dance, and it culminates in a performance for their friends and family. Uh, and they're always so sweet and and clever the things that kids come up with are just so clever so i love that and those will be held at philadelphia church on clark street and they run from june 28th through august 27th you can find more information at americaneagleshows.com jessica is there any tips that you can give for individuals trying to get into the arts or the performing um, theater industry um, at any age. Kids, it's it's great to have outlets for summer camps and classes that can teach them um, all of these different uh, character building skills. But as a 38 year old who still gets stage fright, how can you <laughs> Do you really get stage fright or is it just adrenaline and butterflies? Because that is perfectly normal and okay and part of the thrill. Uh, so maybe you just need to look at it from a new angle. It's not fright, it's excitement. Um, and I think you really, if you want to get into the arts, performance or otherwise, you really just have to be willing to go for it and try new things and be willing to say yes and stay late and work harder and have more homework. And it really does pay off. Um, the thrill of an audience is like no other. The applause is really uh, an adrenaline rush that that you can't create any other way. It cannot be imitated. For me, it's adrenaline and caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to know what your stimulants are. <laughs> so I want to kind of go back to David's point a little bit about being a shy kid. And maybe, Jessica, you can tell us about what you've noticed throughout your career as, um, you know, as what you know, what are the the benefits to per performing? What can it do for a shy kid like David? Um, if parents are kind of have a kid who kind of is is struggling with, um, you know, socially or anything like that, like what can theater do for them? So, one thing that is really important, and I. I have to stress this, is leading by example and making sure that you have an instructor, director, teacher, uh, teaching artist who makes that kid feel safe. You know, because what is stage fright? You're afraid that something's going to go wrong. Or if you're shy, it's because you, you're you af afraid of something 
being negative. And if we create an environment that is only going to have positive feedback, only going to have positive uh, energy, then that will loosen that shy kid up and give them an opportunity. But it's that, that feeling of acceptance and security that will build the confidence. And I think you really, it's again, like I said about getting into the artistic field, it's about going for it. And you can only really go for it when you feel like you're not going to, there will there isn't failure. There's just a difference in the track. There's there's positive and confident and there should be reward in trying something new, even if it's not, you know, scoring the touchdown. Yeah, I guess how do you explain that to kids um, you know, who may you know, I know you're you're saying you let everyone be Elsa, right? But um with kids like that showing them that, you know, that person may have you know, sometimes they look at the lines, the amount of lines they have in a performance and they feel like I don't have as much lines as Jody. you know, does that mean I'm a bad actor? Like, what is your, what is your kind of statement to that? Like, how, what is your response, I should say? So that's a, a good question too. Um, so part of that we, we address by developing the script with the kids. If they want to have more lines, then they can convince us that they should write more lines for themselves. And we can create an equally, uh, you know, page for the kids to express. But a lot of times when you're talking about the script development, you can explain to the kids why uh, it's not important that you talk more. It's important that you engage equally. So it's not about the number of lines, it's about the energy of engagement. And that's what you want to have on an equal playing field. That's what makes you a good cast member, a good uh, friend, a good company member, a good collaborator. Those are important things. And again, leading by example and having the warmth and security in the room to say something that, you know, try a line out that might not land the way you want it to. You might think it's going to be a punchline and it really is just a transition. Well, you have to try those things and you have to try them different ways. And that's what we want to expose our students to. And what about, um, what about the students that maybe don't want to take an active role in in the acting part of it, but want to be behind the scenes with the set, with with maybe there is a budding producer in the mix. Um, what are the opportunities for those children? Sure. So we do have that um, those situations sometimes. And again, if they express to their instructor that that's what they do, they're interested in, then we can give them a role as a stage manager or give them a role in the as a props master where they create some of the props or props or some of the scenery and they can be involved and part of the cast just as much as if they are on stage doing the number now i will say that often when we do that we do encourage them to like if there's a final cast song and dance that everyone does we encourage the backstage kids to come out and do that as well so that they take the bow and they do get a moment in the spotlight but of course if somebody is really not comfortable then they don't have to do that my questions are like 
who are your inspirations for finance um, and gear? Like, who are the, the folks that you looked up to that made you so inspired and to have this amazing career? So I go way back to my first inspiration is really Agnes DeMille. Now that she's way, way back in musical theater history. She was the first choreographer in 1938 uh, to use dance to further the plot. And I just love her story that she didn't want to just stop and do a kick line because there was some music playing. She wanted to tell the story of these characters through movement. And I have always really loved that. And I have always really sought in my own choreography for it to have purpose for it to tell the story and also for it to be somewhat pedestrian so that it is it makes sense that the farmer is doing a little dance number um so agnes demille is a huge huge inspiration for me and then more um like yeah well of course who isn't inspired by lynn manuel um Miranda, because wow, what a voice. Um, for I don't mean, well, he has a fine voice, but I meant his voice as a writer. You know, maybe you can share with us some of your favorite plays, either locally or, or out of, out, uh, you know, out of, out of Chicago um, that, that have, have really sat with you and, and you, you know, you'll, you'll often reflect on them. Sure. Um, so my, the, my favorite performance I've ever seen ever in my life was I saw Alan Cumming as the MC in Cabaret the first time he did it. And it was absolutely mesmerizing and haunting and, and exciting. And he just, it, like, I, I'd never been in a room with someone so magnetic and just, wow. Um but I love to see anything live. I love the sound of a live orchestra, a big orchestra. It, it brings tears to my eyes every time I hear a full overture. It's just, it, it, I think it's thrilling. And I think it's important for us as a society to take those moments and really enjoy and, and you know, revel in them, wallow in them even. If, that's the right thing to do because it it does help one stay balanced to have an opportunity to see other people play out the the ideas and the struggles of of the world on stage i think it's inspiring and um so and i also i loved hamilton just like everybody because it really was all the uh, all the hype was worth every moment that that was out there because it really was that beautiful and inspiring. I loved Come From Away, which is a newer, well, not, I guess it's not that new anymore, but a musical about um, people that were, were, that were on the planes in 9-11 uh, that landed in a small town in Canada. And it's about their few days stuck there and the humanity of people helping one another in this time of unbelievable crisis. And I think that 
art really can bond us and heal us in that way. And it's really important. And it's also important to see musicals that are just super fun and song and dance and leave us toe tapping and, you know, just to celebrate having a good time. What is your favorite warm-up exercise? Uh, I do on zip, zap, zap. But what are your top uh, warm-up exercises? I love zip, zap, zap. It is an oldie but a goodie. I also love a game called Splat, where one actor stands in the center and then calls out uh, everyone else is a circle around them and then they say the name and the two people on either side of the person called have to like splat high five over their head like make a bridge uh, it's a great game because you have to keep moving and the goal is to do it quickly and then people are bounced out if they don't move fast enough and it's also great for children well for anybody as a way to learn names because you know once you're in full rehearsal you know one another but when you're just getting to know each other it's a great way you can't be in the center of the circle unless you know everybody's name so it's good for getting the kids to really pay attention i think we're going to use that as at our next board meeting <laughs> We need, we need warm-up exercises and we need like a hype person yes to like get the energy up that's it we yes need. yeah um i guess my question on that too is um you know what what makes a good audience member like what do you like coming into the theater like maybe it's it's you know you're not a regular theater goer like what you know, what should people kind of come in with that kind of expectation for themselves and, and engaging with the show? So I think it's really important for an audience member to be willing to go along for the ride. You know, you're there, you're in the world, let go and be there, be present. It's important to absolutely react and react audibly with laughter or gas or tears or whatever it is and not be afraid of reactions but also turn off your phone and be polite <laughs> react when you should you know um but i i do love an audience that is is in in it with you they're there you know riding along on the journey you have to have some, you know, some investment in what you're doing, both as a performer and an audience member. You know, I think that like, so, you know, before the pandemic, we had gone, we had taken the kids to a magic show at Chicago Magic Lounge, right? And like, the expectation is that it suspends your belief a little bit. Like it's supposed, you're supposed to, you know, like just go with it, right? Like you were saying, and oftentimes, like the, we have a we have one child who likes to figure out how everything is working and like wants to make it, um, wants to understand that it isn't real, right? But sometimes you just have to pretend that it is real, right? Because that is where the joy comes from. So uh, I do think that that's a very kind of important thing to walk into a theater with is with that open mind, that sort of like in this in this space you know um all things are possible and and to go along with that journey definitely definitely 
Are you a coffee drinker and do you have a favorite spot in the city? I am not a coffee drinker. I don't care for warm drinks. So nice. so does neither does David. I yes, always cold. Yes. It's a, a, a beverage should be refreshing. That's what I think. So a little iced coffee once in a while, but really my go-to is Diet Coke. That's where I get my caffeine. Nice. Yeah. And my favorite place in the city, I I love the lakefront. Real anything, any place on the lake. And then with I'll go back to your Diet Coke because this is always always a topic of conversation. But do you like um, it in the can, in the bottle? Do you like a fountain Diet Coke? And where do you like your fountain Diet Cokes from? Yes, um, fountain is my first choice. Um, McDonald's has probably my favorite. Seven Eleven will do, but. And I have heard, I don't know if this is true, but I have heard that it is a little bit different at um, McDonald's than other places because they chill the syrup and the carbonated water when it goes through the lines. I don't know if that's true. I like to believe it. I think it's delicious. Yeah, I've heard that too. I hear I hear that a lot, actually. So you're, yeah. in, you're in company with a lot of people. Good, good. <laughs> Do you prefer audiences that clap or click or snap their fingers? Oh. Well, I certainly have way more experience with an audience that claps. Um, I, I feel like snapping, and this might not be the case, but uh, is more... Uh, like bolstering the idea, uh, agreeing with appreciating the sentiment where clapping applause is um, appreciating the performance. So I don't know. That's, that's my thought on that. I think that's excellent. It, you couldn't see me, but I was nodding. I was like, that makes complete sense. Good. <laughs> and I guess lastly, like what, um, you know, do you kind of have any goals for yourself kind of professionally or personally? And, you know, where do you see, um, where do you see theater going? So my current goal is really to develop the arts education side of my journey. Um, and where do I see it going? Uh, the, the possibilities are just endless. I love all the new technology that's being incorporated with theater and performance, but I also really appreciate an old traditional war horse. So, you know, I, I'm game for all of it. Where can people find or connect with you to learn more about um, American Eagle uh, Productions upcoming summer camps and more programming? Excellent. So you can find our website at AmericanEagleShows.com and you can email me directly at uh, Jessica at AmericanEagleShows.com and I'm happy to answer any questions and accommodate anybody who's interested in, in doing a little theater class. And anything else you would like our listeners to know about you, about American Eagle Productions? Uh, I would like everybody to know that it is time to get 
out and be with one another again safely. Are we are very um, aware of all the protocols, and we are to keep up with all the safety. Our um, staff is fully vaccinated, all by at their own choice, um, and we really want to be in the room with you. We want to do things together again. And we're ready and we're taking all the precautions. Well, thank you, Jessica, for joining us today. And thank you for listening to Always Andersonville, the podcast. For more information about Jessica and American Eagle Productions, you can visit them at their website at AmericanEagleShows.com. Show notes on today's episode can be found at Andersonville.org. Always Andersonville, the podcast, is produced by the Andersonville Chamber of Commerce and currently recorded on Zoom. We thank you for your listenership, and if you like the podcast, please subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting platform. We are also actively looking for podcast sponsors to sustain our projection. Please email us at info at andersonville.org for more information. Thank you for your continued support, for staying active in our community, and for staying always Andersonville.